Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is a song versus song episode. Uh, a real ass-kicking episode today. So, uh, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? No. We're, <laughs> no, no one is. But yeah, we are doing Queens. <laughs> we are doing Queens. Another one bites the dust. Versus Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, from that amazing, amazing, uh, uh, off the soundtrack of the rough and tumble cinematic classic, Gary Busey's Eye of the Tiger. Yes, exactly what I was thinking of. That's it. Yes, these are the two Rocky songs, the Rocky song that wasn't and the Rocky song that was. (laughs) I mean, there are several other Rocky songs that are. That we're not I was going to say, how, you know, here's the thing. I feel like this could easily devolve into a podcast that's just about Frank Stallone. <laughs> In fact, how did we not ask Norm? What's Norm McDonald doing right now? Let's just get Norm. Let's call him up. You know Norm, right? Let's give him a call. Get him in on the show. What is Norm doing right now? You guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to say this. Um, from the moment that you introduced this episode, I thought, man. Of all the episodes of Song vs. Song, this is the one that you could make a movie out of. What do you mean? Think about it. This is a great idea. Uh, It's one of the greatest of all time, taking on someone from comparative obscurity and then getting more (laughs) than they bargained for. Nah, it's a stupid idea. Who would ever watch a movie like that, let alone a franchise? (laughs) So so is Freddie Mercury the Apollo Creed of this movie and Survivor and their equivalent front man, whose name I cannot come up with off the top of my head, uh, is he the Rocky Balboa of this? Uh, I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> I, now that I think about it, it does make sense, because we're talking about, these are two roughly equivalent songs by two deeply unequal bands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like the only, only instance where you would even remotely think to compare Queen with Survivor. And on that note, what mm-hmm. was your gut instinct? When we said, all right, this is the episode, mm-hmm. the gut reaction, who wins? I went with Another One Bites the Dust. So here's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. The very moment you said it, my brain said, Eye of the Tiger is one of my absolute favorites of all time, but Queen is Queen. <laughs> that was uh, echoed a lot in the comments also. Eye of the Tiger is Eye of the Tiger. But another one bites the dust, Queen. But I'll say this, the more I thought about it, the, the more the answer to your question, does this mean that Freddie Mercury is the Apollo Creed in this situation? Mm-hmm. The more I thought, I think maybe. <laughs> I think maybe the answer is yes. Just waiting for some upstart band from, uh, oh man, I should have done more research. I don't even know where they're from or who they're <laughs> Oh, I, I just did a search. I was like, oh man, quick quick find out who these are and all, all that comes up when you look for survivor is the uh, the show uh, okay i was like i was like oh is it going to be the destiny's child song or yeah survivor the band is like the third most prominent survivor <laughs> <laughs> after the song and after the show then the band okay they're from chicago i assumed they were from boston cuz they kind of sound like boston but they're actually from chicago and yeah don't... i don't know why i i guess i adjust the zeitgeist is so complete that I assumed they were from Philly. That would make sense. It's too bad. That really would have completed the journey, wouldn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> Speaking but, of but, the uh, journey. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we both, 
I don't. I have to say, it's weird because I thought at first I thought Queen, but then I, does it count as a gut reaction if by the end of the sentence inside of my own mind, I found myself in doubt? I don't know. I saw some people expecting it to be a blowout, and I'm not going to tell you if it was or not. But like at first glance, you have to think it's like, well, Queen is Queen. Like, how can we talk about this? But I have the Tiger is. Someone pointed this out, like an entire aesthetic of the 80s was built around Eye of the Tiger. It was the number one song in the number one movie of that year. Yeah. And And I I do feel as though a thing that's going to happen is that uh, even though this is song versus song, we're going to end up talking about Rocky movies. It's just a thing that's going (laughs) to happen. And that's fine. We've already done one episode where we did that. I don't mind doing it as a retread. The Rocky franchise in and of itself is a constant retread of itself. <laughs> so song versus song is allowed to follow in that, that very successful franchise's footsteps. Yeah. It's completely, completely fine. Um, but yeah, I mean like that's the thing about it. Another one bites the dust is not Queen's biggest hit. It is certainly survivor's biggest hit. And if you look at the numbers on the billboard charts, I have the tiger was a much bigger song. Then, then, then another one bites the dust because they both hit number one. Did they? Yeah, they're both both number ones. All right, you would know it, better than me. I think what's interesting about this and what I would what I would kick in your direction is that these are both songs from the early '80s, a very strange time for music. Oh yeah, I think uh, another one bites the dust is an incredibly strange song because 1980 was an incredibly strange year. You know, we said I just said like Eye of the Tiger influenced a whole mess of garbage soundtrack singles so okay some of them are good a lot of them are not even survivor's own song from rocky four i don't think is very good no it's not it sure isn't it is the frank stallone quality song of their <laughs> to be sure but, man just let's yeah. just talk about frank stallone for a while oh yeah. man what a what a what a great what a great singer what a great songwriter that what song great, push what is that song pushing right Woo. yeah what a great person too but <laughs> Come on. No, man. we we uh we uh watched Rocky Three together in p- preparation for this uh for this episode and um yeah, a lot of Frank Stallone in that uh movie, a lot more than I remembered. Yeah, I had forgotten that he's got like two and a half songs. Yeah. There's like one song that's like used in a different way twice, and then there's Pushin', which is I guess is supposed to be the big one. No. I think. Is Pushin' supposed to be the big song? Who knows? I don't know. Frank Stallone's big hit was not off of uh, Rocky Rocky Three. It was from uh, another Sylvester Stallone movie, Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Yes, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, directed by Stallone, starring John Travolta. Oh, okay. I was I was like, I don't think he's the star of that. Now I now I've connected the dots. You see, uh, and I understand what it is that you're trying to say. Uh, yeah, I was like, what? Anyway, I think. I'm going to say the following. Queen ripped off Chic. Yeah. This is a pretty fam- famously known that it was uh, another one by the Dust was inspired by Good Times by Chic. Yes, Good if you times. if you listen if you listen to those two songs, it's unquestionable. And they even said that so the bassist of Queen wrote this song and that bassist was hanging out with the band Chic when they were recording Good Times. So it's like when you listen to them back to back, the influence is undeniable. However, what I think is interesting is that Survivor also ripped off somebody. Survivor. Really? I missed this one. What's this? Oh, yeah. So um, 
if you listen, there's a song that Survivor did on an earlier album called Youngblood. Ah. And the opening is virtually identical. They basically were just like, man, the opening to Youngblood was good, but the rest of the song is not. So what if we took the good part of that song and had a do-over? Wow, I, I, I missed this one in my... Believe it or not, I did not do a deep dive into the Survivor oeuvre in preparation for this. And Survivor well, had a ton of hits, like quite quite a few, quite a handful. Well, I mean, Maybe not hits. a ton, but they hits. were hits. Hits, hits. top ten. Like. Yeah, it's funny because people perceive them as being a one-hit wonder band, but they're not. No, they had. Uh, they were pretty successful. Like, Eye of the Tiger is their like first big song, but they had many hits through for the next five years. And they kind of started... I, it, is, it is actually not their first hit song. Do you want to talk about the story of this? Uh, go ahead. Okay, so to bring it to the Rocky place, as is perhaps somewhat known, but in case you didn't know, Sylvester Stallone wanted Another One Bites the Dust to be the song for Rocky III. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Queen said no, or whoever owns the song. Somebody said no to him. Somebody you know, turned down Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Rocky uh, bites uh, the dust. Yeah. So that, you know, he then turned around and was like, well, what do I like? And there was a song off of Survivor's previous album called Premonition. Um, then that song is called Poor Man's Son. And Poor Man's Son has got a little bit of a Rocky-esque vibe to it. If you listen to it, you could really see that that song could also kind of live in Rocky's world. Yeah, and well, Sylvester Stallone liked it. So he called them up and was like, hey, yo, you, know, you guys, <laughs> uh, you know, you could uh, maybe uh, write a song uh, for me. Uh, we could do like a Rocky number three. Whatever, like they. So the the story the story that they gave was that was a terrible Rocky impression. I'm really sorry, it wasn't, everybody. It wasn't great. Listen, my <laughs> lungs have been really fucked up. It, I it used to be that I could do a great Stallone. Um, let me correct that. I used to be able to do a really mediocre Stallone. It's, <laughs> it's really degraded into into awful. But uh, here's the thing to know: the story is that he literally Stallone literally left a message on like you know answering machines in the classic sense of. It's on a tape, there's a beep, and then when someone leaves the message, there's like a little red flashing dot, so you know. And when the guys from Survivor heard the message, they thought that it was just a joke and that it wasn't really Stallone. Oh, yeah. If I'd heard uh, uh, Stallone leaving me a message on my answering machine, I thought, yeah, do do Christopher Walken next. Yeah. They they were like, his, his accent really is that thick. It's That's literally what he sounds like all the time. If you thought that was just a put on, no. This is actually Stallone. So then, you know, he basically came in and said, you know, this is the movie. I would like you to write a song for me. And then they wrote Eye of the Tiger because uh, I think the movie had already been kind of well into production and filmed some stuff. And, you know, certainly they had like this idea of the Eye of the Tiger was a big part of Rocky Three. Rocky, you know, wait, being wait. told by Apollo Creed over and over again that he used to have and must once again find the Eye of the Tiger. That that Apollo Creed's a real poet. Like, just throws out the words "Eye of the Tiger" in just normal conversation. What are you talking about, Apollo? What the hell is that? You know what it means. <laughs> well, I know don't what you, it means. Don't, now. don't come for Apollo Creed in this way. <laughs> you can't. You're not allowed. He's dead. Not the actor, but yeah. the character is dead. That's All like right. talking shit about Adrian. You can't do that. <laughs> That's out of fucking pocket, man. But uh, so yeah. So then they sat down. What I really like about this story is. 
they knocked the song out pretty quick. Like they came up with the melody and like, you know, some of the lyrics and then went through, recorded a demo, played it for Stallone. And Stallone was like, hey, you know, this is pretty good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it needs a third verse and you had to hit the drum a little harder. And I, in my head, I yeah. imagine that like he's there with them. And there's totally a snare drum and he's just randomly picked up a drumstick and is like hitting it. He's like, hey, you know, like this, uh, you know. Well, you know, like he, he originally wanted another one bites of dust. And this was like his big thing is like, well, you know, this is our third movie. We're starting to get a little repetitive and that's not really a, a problem that the Rocky movies would ever solve. Yeah. But he wanted to be back on the bleeding edge, you know. Yeah, he wanted. So he went uh, to Survivor. <laughs> He he wanted music that didn't sound like the the Rocky theme, right? And he came up with another one bites the dust, and another one bites the dust is like perfect training montage music that I don't think has ever been in an actual training montage because I don't know off the top of my head. Here's what I'll say: I definitely went on YouTube, and you can do this because that site is free. Um, and if you type in Rocky. Another one bites the dust. You will, in fact, get somebody who has inserted it into the beginning of the movie, and it does, in fact, play very well. I, I'm, I'm sure it would. I just think "Eye of the Tiger" is better montage music, at least for a boxing movie. Because to me, another one bites the dust is like hunting music. It's like stalking music. That's that's what that bump, bump, bump. That's like footsteps. That's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, and it's like. That's a guy creeping up on you before he, you know, takes out his machine gun and starts firing through the doorway. I mean, to me, that bump, bump, bump is the sound of the wheels on the bus <laughs> hitting bumps on the road. But we'll come back to the obvious reason why that is the thing that my brain goes to a little bit later uh, oh, when right. everybody will be able to take yet another drink. Oh, right. <laughs> I will mean, get to it. Yes, it's but, it's inevitable. It's a thing that we're going to have to talk about. But all right, so another one bites the dust. I feel like we've talked about um, yeah, we've talked about Eye of the Tiger pretty good. Uh, another one bites the dust is interesting because it's kind of the first big queen hit in America, isn't it? I think Crazy Little Thing Called Love from the same album preceded it, both the same year, both hit number one. I think Crazy Little Lo- Little Thing Called Love came first, and that is like a weird, atypical Queen song. But, like, so is Another One Bites the Dust. So is a lot of their 80s stuff, which was a weird decade for them. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting to me because, you know, you and I are both from the Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World generation. Correct. So that's the song. Like, when I think of Queen, I will always think of Wayne's World. And I think that if you're born after a certain year— that that just sort of transforms because it's from that point until you know you hit the existence of streaming services at which point you're there's no one song you're going to associate with queen when you hear queen in your head it's like you hear a thousand songs at once because they had so many incredible incredible songs well i mean queen has like the amazing catalog that you can put out like three greatest hits albums but i do think bohemian rhapsody still towers above all the other songs I mean, they, I, that's what they, I guess. I guess they just named in my mind, it. yeah. It's it's just so wild to me to think that there was a point in time wherein people in America didn't even know who they were, well, and think, then for a lot of them, they became really aware of them because 
another one bites the dust. I don't know how big Bohemian Rhapsody was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it charted at the very least. It wasn't a number one like it was in the UK, but I'm pretty sure Bohemian Rhapsody did get some play in the UK. I mean, in America. And then after that, there was a uh, people definitely knew we will rock you and we, we are the champions. I mean, they didn't go to number one like another one bites the dust did, but those were absolutely big songs. It, but for a while, yes, another one bites the dust was the queen song. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm just what I'm saying to yeah. you is I think there's a difference between songs that people are aware of to shattering the cultural consciousness. And that it seems to be that Another One Bites the Dust was the one that did that for Queen in America specifically. And that's nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> of all the songs, because I think, you know, I mean, I, I will always glance very briefly at the comments because I usually leave that to you so that I get to be surprised because I'm a dick. But um, a lot of people said that they think that this is one of Queen's worst songs. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. I don't think anyone's, well, there were a couple that said this is one of Queen's worst songs. And I did see quite a few where it was like, well, you know, Queen versus Survivor is obvious. But then again, this is not one of their best songs. No, I'd argue it's their best song. You You think it's their best song? Yeah, number one. Well, it's in their top three. Um, for me, Under Pressure and Stone Cold Crazy will be fighting for that top spot. But for me personally, another one bites the dust like very, very extremely high. I love this song to fucking death. Why? And now I'm really curious because, you know, in going back and listening to it and then naturally listening to a lot of the rest of their catalog, what is it about another one bites the dust that makes it a contender for a number one song in their catalog for you? You know, I talked about Eye of the Tiger um, launching an entire 80s genre. Nothing sounds like another one bites the dust. Not even Eye of the Tiger sounds like another one bites the dust. You know, it's inspired by disco, but it doesn't really sound like disco. It's just like this weird mesh of like disco and muscle that you don't ever hear. Plus, that bass line is just so amazing. And uh, just the the title, Another One Bites the Dust. Like, I am just astonished at how good this song is. Especially that part in the middle where Freddie Mercury just breaks it fucking down. Another One Bites the Dust. Ow! What I think is interesting about that is that of the members of Queen, Freddie Mercury is the one that really loved the song. Yeah, well, and John, of course, who wrote it. Yeah, but the rest of the guys, I think, could kind of take it or leave it. But I think the reason why Another One Bites the Dust is as successful as it is is because they said that Freddie's voice was raw. Like, he could have been spitting up blood he was singing that song so hard because he really wanted to get it. And um, another thing I thought was really interesting is that in my research, people that weren't really familiar with Queen, like I said, this is this is one of the the, the proofs that there were people that weren't that aware of them mm-hmm. thought he was black oh isn't, yeah that's right he was that like interesting what a weird i mean like what a different time i guess but like their assumption was that he was a black guy well because it was getting played on the r&b stations and like everything was so segregated back then as opposed to now where every genre is just this unidentifiable glop like back then like there wasn't like if there was ever any crossover whatsoever it was a big deal like if Elton John or David Bowie got played on the R&B charts, that was like an extremely rare kind of thing. So I can see how people would make that mistake, except that, no, I don't think I'd make that mistake. 
I, I mean, yes. Well, we, here we are in 2020, yeah. and it's very hard to think that either of us would make that mistake because uh, uh, Google exists. <laughs> I, it's so interesting to me that you that you would classify that song as high up as you do, because in listening to it over and over again, I find myself thinking, this is fine. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I don't really rank it that high. And that is why the more I listen to this back to back with Eye of the Tiger, the more I thought, well, Eye of the Tiger is the best Survivor song. And it's also, I mean, one of the most important, most defining songs of an entire decade. We haven't had a real split like this for a while, I feel like. It's, we're it's really rare. You, we really are. This is the first time in a while. This is good. This is great. I'm actually yeah. really excited. It's good. I'm bored. I'm glad other people listen to this podcast, but it's kind of dull. Isn't it? You know what I mean? We really yeah, just, yeah, just we're the, pretty bored. Say the same thing all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, well, all right. So, what's the best Rocky movie? Uh, well, Rocky One, obviously. Okay, all right. Wait, I mean, uh, like after that, I know uh, you said uh, you would put Creed on par with Rocky One. It's really hard for me. I find that sometimes I'll watch those movies back to back. Like I'll just do a double feature. And mm-hmm. I just think that they're perf- – I think they're about as close to perfect films as you can get. I love those movies so much. This is like a weird thing. Like from the ardent like in-person kind of femi bisexual that <laughs> I love the Rocky franchise as much as I do. But it is absolutely one of my top tier number one favorite franchises. So it's very hard for me to pick a favorite. Yeah. And I never thought I'd like a movie as much as Rocky. So when Creed – rocked me <laughs> in in a way that very few movies ever do. So, um, yeah, it's tough to say, but we both love Rocky three. Yeah. We both watch it together. Okay. Well, what makes eye of the tiger so great for you? I think that if you took that base opening, like that, like, cause like another one by Sadust, that bet base just like, kind of like kicks the doors open. Mm hmm. If you took that and just <laughs> out of the doorway, the bullets rip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think if you, um, I think if you take that and just had like an EpiPen and jabbed it in the leg, you'd mm. get Eye of the Tiger. Because whatever, whatever it is that Queen's doing with another one bites the dust, Survivor does it with Eye of the Tiger, except with that much more strength. Eye of the Tiger's the greatest thing about it is, of course, that opening riff. And, you know, I, I told you how, like, that bass line was for another one by Sadus's footsteps. The Eye of the Tiger riff is you being punched in the face. It sounds like boxing. It sounds like bam, 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 bam. They pull a real trick. Eye mm. of the Tiger doesn't sound like you getting punched in the face. Yeah. It sounds like your fist yes. is connecting with the face of somebody that you absolutely fucking hate. And you're just beating the fucking hell out of them and it feels great. That is the thing that that song, it's just this triumphant beating the hell out of a jerk song. It really is. And it has felt that way from the moment I heard it. And it's the kind of song where, I mean, I feel like I've lost count of how many mixtapes and, and, and playlists that I've made where, you know, if I'm going to be driving around or I just need something that like I'm walking around or exercising to or whatever, like, that song shows up on everything. And it's funny because the Survivor guys, the guys in that band, talk about how they knew pretty early on 
that they had written an all timer. And that's kind of an arrogant thing to say. Uh huh. But when you're right, you're right. This is an occasion where they are completely correct. I think the story they gave was they felt like they had a really good song, and then they were out touring with REO Speedwagon, mm-hmm. and people were really getting into it in the crowd. And then they were in some nowheresville, like middle of wherever town in America, and they'd gone to a pizza hut. And somebody played Eye of the Tiger on the jukebox, and there was like a like a little five-year-old girl that freaked <laughs> out and was like, this is my song, and started like dancing around and screaming to Eye of the Tiger, and they were like, so Punching we've, reached meat. A, we've reached another level. <laughs> we've, re- we've, we've hit the five-year-old girl market with this one, and literally every other market on Earth. Oh, man. Well, I, I was talking about the riff, and I want to make this point about why I would prefer another one bites the dust. And like, like keep in mind, I have the tiger is, is really great. And I know, you know, I'm not disputing that. And I, I especially love that part in the opening riff where it like switches it up. Dun, dun, dun. And then you think it's going to start again. And then it like starts a half second later. Like, yeah, it's like, Oh, thought you're coming with the left, but I hit you with the right. Bam. It's yes. really unexpected. <laughs> and then the song can end there. Honestly, like, oh, and see, I love the. I think that it's a it's it's a lyrical knockout. I love mm-hmm. the lyrics to "I Have the Tiger." Like, yes, I understand that it kind of goes to a softer place, but again, especially if you sit and listen to the Survivor song that Survivor ripped off to mm-hmm. make "I Have the Tiger," Youngblood, that song also starts hard and then goes to a soft place, except it's way less good. Like, there's. Mm-hmm. There's a real ride that I feel like Eye of the Tiger takes you on. Like, if it had just hit that hard the whole way through, it wouldn't have worked. I'm not saying, like, the rest of this, the song is bad. No, it's it's extremely good, albeit a little bit on the nose once you've seen Rocky Three, It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, you, know, it's, I, you, you, you know I love that crop tops on men gay, gay movie. <laughs> I God, that movie is really, it is, it is a movie for me. Like... If ever, I don't know why I was like, why, why does this bisexual person like Rocky three and like, like this song? It's not, not hard to figure out like Ripley guys in really tight clothes, hugging each other and speaking in very romantic tongues. Like it is not hard to figure it out. It's not a tough sell, but no, um, it, it is definitely the most top gun of the Rocky movies. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's so, it's so good. If you haven't watched Rocky three in a little while. <laughs> You and, and, and you are attracted to men. You owe it to yourself. You owe yourself that very, very good deep down feeling of watching Rocky Three. That song may be on the nose, but that's fine. I don't know. It's just a perfect song. I could listen to that song on repeat for a year straight. I could listen to nothing but Eye of the Tiger for a year and be okay and hear no other songs but that one and not be tired of it. For me, what puts Another One Bites the Dust over the top is that, that Freddie Mercury breakdown in the middle and whatever you want to say about Eye of the Tiger and its eternal greatness, whoever that guy is is not Freddie Mercury. And in fact, they switched him out halfway through their career and no one probably even noticed. And, you know, they they kind of began as a poor man's foreigner and they ended up kind of a poor man's journey. Eye of the Tiger is like so head and shoulders ab- above anything else they ever did. Yeah, I mean, we... Uh, we agree yeah. with that. I think it's funny that you keep saying over the top, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> no, that's- was, another, was another one? Was another one bites the dust and over the top? 
No, I don't the, think the the Sylvester Stallone <laughs> arm wrestling movie. Okay, let me, that was Sammy Hagar, I believe. No, you're one. over the top. <laughs> you're over the top. Oh man, let's see: Sammy Hagar, Kenny Loggins, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. Yeah, this is uh, this is no. There's no Eye of the Tiger in Over the Top. Oh man, I'll tell you what: if it was in there, I feel like that movie would be a lot better remembered. It wouldn't. It's a dumb movie. <laughs> no, no, it is pretty low in the uh, Stallone '80s pantheon. Yeah, I'll say this. It's no Gary Busey's 1986 Eye of the Tiger. Okay, when you said you found a movie called Eye of the Tiger, I assumed this was like some direct-to-video thing made last year. Nope. 1986, Gary Busey. Uh, It is a movie about a Vietnam vet who went to prison, and when he gets out, he wants to go back to the town that he's from, but the sheriff there is dirty, and he doesn't like him. Uh, He doesn't like Gary Busey. And so, he's and he's and he's and he's accepting money from a drug cartel slash biker gang so that he won't try to like interfere in what they're doing. Gary Busey gets in a fight with the bikers and they kill his wife. Oh wow. And now he's gotta get revenge. So this is more chick lit teeth. <laughs> this is more of a Rambo thing than than a Rocky. Yeah, it's it's very much uh yeah, it's a Rambo thing. I'll, let me tell you this. Um Eye of the Tiger does not actually work that well in the movie Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> it, but it's in there? It is. It is in there. Uh, uh, uh as is um oh, what's his name? Uh from Alien, Yafit Kodo. I mean, I haven't seen Alien in a long time. I forgot he's even in that. Yep, so Yafa Koto is, is in this movie, and uh, Gary Buse is in this movie, and then like a bunch of other people you probably don't know, but um, I really wanted to like it. I went out of my way to be prepared for this episode by watching Gary Busey's Eye of the Tiger, and I wasted my time. I have nothing really to add other than it was disappointing, but there is a scene in which there's like a really tense wire that Gary Busey stretches out along a road. <laughs> And then the bikers come through and their heads come clean off. And it's hilarious. Oh, wow. It's absolutely, it's, it's the best scene in the movie. It, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you really knocked their block off. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Anyway, uh, that, all right. That, if they'd named that another one bites the dust, that would have made more sense. See? There you go. Anyway, all right. So we're going to, we've got these three questions that we ask. Mm-hmm. You want to do the three questions? We might actually, well, no, we can, we can ask the three. I have a bonus question for this one. All right. Uh, so the first question is, one of these songs has got to go. It must be lost to the annals of time, never to be remembered, as if it never existed. One song must remain. What is the song that, for the sake of the human race, must persist in our memory? I think we already answered this one. I like, think we did. Yeah, I have the like. If you take away Eye of the Tigers, does the '80s even exist? I think we just stop at 1982 and jump directly to 1990. And that's terrible. <laughs> well, that's like it? Lex Luthor stealing uh, 40 pies or 40 cakes, as many as four tens, and that's terrible. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, all all our guy movies from the '80s, all your uh, over the tops, all your Stallones, all your Schwarzeneggers, they feel like they don't really exist after that. Your Hulk Hogan's don't exist. Actually, I think I'm making a case to remove Eye of the Tiger, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. No, you can't. You can't do that. 
But yeah, I mean, you, gotta, you gotta keep those really great Hulk Hogan movies, is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but without Eye of the Tiger, we don't have You're the Best Around. So. No. No, you don't. No, you gotta keep it. Queen would be fine if another one, if, if that song bit the dust, Queen would still exist. The kind of muscle disco that uh, another one bites the dust represents was like kind of restricted to that song. Like there, it didn't really, uh, no one could even uh, attempt it. Like, and no, even, and no one from Chic would be accused of of ripping off Queen. <laughs> oh yeah, that really chapped their asses, didn't it? Wouldn't like, it, I mean? How mad would you be? I would be furious. Well, that's that's a funny thing. the The baseline from Good Times by Chic is does resemble another one bites the dust quite a bit, but it's also much more complicated. Yeah, there's like we should have done that notes. song versus song. Yeah, there's like 80 more notes in it. It's like that song owns. Um, that's a whole other conversation. Isn't All it? right, so we agree. Historically speaking, you can you can uh, you can be a fly on the wall. You can experience from beginning to end, soup to nuts, the creation of one and only one of these songs. What's the one that you want to be around for? I mean, this to me is another slam dunk. See, here's the thing. I watched the Bohemian Rhapsody movie where they show you how it uh, was another one bites the dust was written. And apparently it was written with really corny on the nose dialogue. I don't know. I guess I have to go with I. <laughs> no, I, it would probably be another one bites the dust because there's a lot more interesting things going on in the studio in that. And they were, in fact, having arguments, probably less stupid ones than in the movie, but like about how, you know, how mo- how disco they wanted to get, how many drum if they want to use drum loops and stuff like that so yeah another one bites the dust oh no i disagree (laughs) again the idea of being there for the part of the conversation wherein they submit a demo and sylvester stallone comes in acts like a musician and advises (laughs) them on what the song needs and like I truly do believe that when he said that he wanted the, the, the drums to hit harder, that there was probably just a, an errant snare drum that he just, I don't know why I had earlier said that he like picked up a, a drumstick. I think he probably just punched it with his fist. He's like, hey, dun, you know, you gotta, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. He just like, yeah, he's like banging on the yeah. drum with his fist. That I absolutely believe. And so that is why, I mean, like based on this ap- apocryphal story um, that I now, listen, go on Twitter and and do like a did you know that Sylvester Stallone created the hardest hitting part of Eye of the Tiger by punching a drum? <laughs> Just go on Twitter and say that like it's true, because I believe that if we if enough people say it, that Sylvester Stallone will remember it as true, <laughs> whether or not it happened at all. He'll be like, yeah, that's what happened. You know, Stallone has been hit in the face a few times. A fine performer who is the star and who wrote and directed some of my absolute favorite movies. And that's all I feel I really want to say on the topic of <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Uh, so, all right, so we're divided on question number two. Now, mm. question number three, oftentimes uh, the most important question, uh, and maybe the most important question in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. William Shatner, gentleman scholar, fine actor, philanthropist, horse rider, and... Uh, that's a word for that. Equestrian. Yeah. And uh, all around and, fun and man so, to be around. And, 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 and singer songwriter, of course. Yes. Song and dance man William Shatner is going to do a Shatnerized version of one and only one of these songs. Which song is it? 
I think it's got to be Eye of the Tiger. Because, no, the thing about Another One Bites in Dust is that the lyrics are kind of nonsense. Like, the first one is a gangster movie But that's verse. exactly what lends it to being a Shatner thing for me. <laughs> no, I feel like Shatner, as an actor, wants to at least know what emotion he is trying to express in his own shatner way. And really? Because to- I don't know that he's ever known what emotion is. <laughs> the jury is out, man. Eye of the Tiger is, you know, it tells a story. It tells you exactly, you know what's going on in the story. Because it's literally just the plot of the movie. So I feel like he could uh, really emote better on that one. Versus another one bites the dust, which is, you know, who knows what the fuck's going on in that. Uh, I don't what- know, man. But wait, wait. I just want to hear it. Let me just counterpoint. All right. Steve <laughs> walks warily down the street. The brim pulled way down low. Okay, you're making you're making a case. <laughs> I'm just like there's just I, I'm telling you as always. Um, so we're divided again. This is this is a house divided. This is great. This episode it very very rarely goes this way. But if you're listening to this podcast and you have it in you, and you decide that you want to try to do a Shatner imitation of the song you, you think works better to make the case, I hope that you will, and hope that you will share it with us at Songverse Song Pod on Twitter, uh, because somebody has done that already uh, for a previous episode, and I really want that to keep going. It doesn't have to be the same person every week. I don't want to put anybody through that. That seems like abuse, but uh, the idea of, of different people making an attempt every week, I am really game for and I hope that someone will pick it up and, and take it on uh, because I really stand by it I think that another one bites the dust would be brilliant for Shatner you know before we move on on the subject of the lyrics of another one bites the dust who the fuck is Steve listen if you don't know <laughs> like does, does Steve come back is the song about Steve why is his name Steve it's well, uh they're they're talking about my uh my first grade nemesis Steven Turner did he did it, he look good in a fedora no, yeah. my fr- my first grader teacher really liked him and was always really mean to me. And I really feel like Freddie Mercury knew that that was happening. Oh, was, was like, fuck were you, Steve. Were you the one about to bite the dust? when? Uh, Steve I guess I was. Your- I guess I was. Anyway, um, I don't know. So here, yeah. I'm going to ask you a fourth question. This is a bonus question. All right. Oh. Song, for, so, song versus song. <laughs> yeah. The, the Weird Al bonus. Another one rides the bus. Versus Rye or the Kaiser. You know, Another One Rides the Bus was his first, like, big song. It absolutely was. It is the song that begat every other Weird Al release. Without Another One Rides the Bus, there is no Weird Al. But those first uh, few, uh, that first album's a little primitive, honestly. And uh, I prefer it when he started using, like, a real band instead of just, like, the accordion and the hand noises, the hand farts as percussion so I uh, prefer Rye of the Kaiser. You're it, out of your. You're out of your mind. All right. I don't even know where Perhaps, to begin. Honest, uh, First of all, if if this podcast was called Sandwich versus Sandwich, there would <laughs> we would never do an episode called Rye of the Kaiser because there's no competition. You know that's just that's just the fucking word go right there. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know the thing about um, another one rides the bust. The 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 the, the primitiveness is what I like. There's something kind of punk rock about that song. Well, Not weird- about the Queen version, but specifically about the Weird Al version. <laughs> like, that song is punk as fuck, man. Like, you hear it and you're like, who is this guy? Like, it's 
silly and dumb and simple. And yet there's something about Weird Al that's like almost kind of mischievous, puckish and 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 it's not anti-authoritarian at all, but like it's weird. Like I just <laughs> I fucking love it. I love that song. And Raya the Kaiser is is really just a bottom tier Weird Al food song. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's there's so enough. many other better food Weird Al songs that I just don't even know how this is a competition. <laughs> okay, uh, I, that's a, that's a pretty convincing argument. And I will say, I think another one rides the bus is a lot funnier. So, all right. So now, the comments. All right, the comments. Uh, Ray writes. I guess you weren't guys weren't kidding when you said you weren't afraid of doing blowout episodes anymore. Lol. Oh, see, and I don't. Well, you know, that was. So wait, 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 wait. Here's here's what I want to translate what that person is trying to say. Yeah. Do you have a prediction for this matchup? Like, did I have a prediction before I looked at the results? Yes. Is that what you mean? And was that prediction pain? Um, (laughs) My you know, this, this is not a song versus song because Rocky Balboa is not a challenge. Uh, All right. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. All right. Okay. Yes. Yes. So that person's prediction was pain. Okay. A, a fair well, point, said, but I'm not sure it's going to turn out that way. Yeah. You know, I didn't think this was going to be a blowout episode, and I'm not saying it is. We'll see. Joseph Moyer writes, so another one bites the dust is the better song. But if we're comparing these as fight songs played by a marching band, Eye of the Tiger is better. Oh, yeah. I also feel like this is probably the moment to reveal uh, for anyone that did not know that for the Academy Awards, you know, how, like when they have best song, mm-hmm. uh, the, the people come out and do the song at the awards. Well, the Survivor guys did not come out and do that song. So somebody had to go out and do I Have the Tiger. And that is when I Have the Tiger was performed by the Temptations. My mind was blown when you showed me that clip. Like... <laughs> The temptation I wish, the that, we, the I wish that the world wasn't ending so that I could have been in the same room as you to <laughs> witness. Because, like, that's one of those things where your life is one way before you know, <laughs> and then it is completely altered after you know. Like, it's not the best adaptation t- to temptation, but... You know, it's, it's, it's pretty Vegasy. It's so, But you have to see it to believe it. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know that... Uh, the Temptations could do another one bites the dust. Maybe they could. Now I want them to. But <laughs> well, in the meantime, they've only done the one. I have the Tiger lost that year to Up Where We Belong. Which, I know. Ugh. Up Where We Belong is not a terrible song, but it is sure not I have the Tiger. It absolutely the fuck is not. All right. What else have we got? Dab Brill writes, I have the Tiger will always be tainted by its legacy as a jock jam. To me, it's the anthem of the also-ran, of Napoleon Dynamite's uncle who thinks he could have made it big if he'd just focused a little harder on sports. I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was your sport? Oh, God, no, I didn't really have a... Knock hockey? I don't know. <laughs> what is knock hockey? What? Yeah, what the fuck is knock hockey? Is that like hacky sack? I don't even know what to say to you. You go, You know what? Just please, I'll, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll have a whole separate episode about Nakaki. We'll take a break from Song vs. Song, and we'll do a podcast that's just called How the Fuck Don't You Know What Nakaki Is, in which I <laughs> yell at you for six hours straight. Oh, man. All right, Master Gamer 101 writes, Why does this poll feel like it was created so I would be ashamed of myself for picking Survivor over Queen? That's how I felt. <laughs> 
That is absolutely how I felt in the end because I found myself coming down on the side of Survivor and I thought, I can't believe that this is what's happened. What have I become? Nowhere Girl writes, completely unrelated, but I always get Rocky and Rocky Horror Picture Show confused before I really know. That's a funny thing where Freddie Mercury would be appropriate for both. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that, was our, that was our comment section. Great, so, thank you for your comments. Uh, all right, so... I kind of want it to be so close. I want this to be like borderline split decision. I want this to end the way (laughs) that the first Rocky movie ends, where another one bites the dust, just barely inches it out. That's what I want. Or will it be uh, the opening bout of Rocky 2 where Clubber Lang, I mean Rocky 3, where Clubber Lang takes out Rocky in the second round? I don't know. There's a lot of ways it can go. But my prediction... And what I would be satisfied with is if this ended the way that the first Rocky movie does, saying that in this case, Survivor is the Rocky Balboa. Well, here it is for a total of the the champion by a a count of 441 to 281. Oh, geez. A 61% win for another one bites the dust. (laughs) Well, that, that, that wounds me. Well, it's not a second round KO. Uh, like, it just, he it really, at least made it four rounds. I wanted that to be a lot closer. That really should have been by a hair. It really should have. Another yeah. one bites the dust is good, but man, Eye of the Tiger is is an all-timer, man. The winner and still heavyweight champion, another one bites the dust. I'm, I'm, uh. I'm very rarely sad about a result. <laughs> this might be the first time. Mark it, mark it, hold on. How dare you? Take a drink. Yeah, well, you know, like... I, I are you, are you the, satisfied? The, are you satisfied with those results, champ? I wanted Queen to win, but I do feel it like it should have been closer than it was. Yeah. If it had gone like the split decision, a la Rocky one, I would not have uh, complained. Yeah, I don't want to be too salty about it, lest I start sounding like the Pauly. <laughs> Let's uh, plug the uh, the next one. Oh, no, oh gosh, I'm really nervous because w- when we were on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought up a list of suggestions, and one of them I said, I know that it's coming because it will torment me, <laughs> and this podcast is nothing if not a podcast wherein you torture me for fun. Okay, well, that one's coming, but that one's not what's next. This one okay, is- Okay, good. Uh, Great. Arrest the next pit. one, this one is probably just for me. You're probably going to be looking at me and like, why would you pick these two boring songs? No one cares about these, but it matters to me, so I'm doing it. All right, what are hey. they? There, this one is going to be uh, Tal Bachman's She's So High versus Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say to that. Um, uh-huh. You should probably plug that Billboard article that you had a hand in writing, since that's clearly where this comes from. It is. It is absolutely where that comes from. Uh, I wrote, I uh, helped write an article on Billboard.com called The Top 50 Songs of Minivan Rock. What is Minivan Rock? Well, you can check it out, but two great examples are Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag and Tal Bachman's <laughs> She's So High. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have a, an immediate answer to that. I actually find, like, yes, they're both minivan rock, but I find them to be very different minivans. They are. They're, they have less in common than I realized when, I've, than when I first put this uh, together, but we'll see. And uh, you check that out next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, also, if you like us, support us on the Patreons. 
That's right. There's a, so very quickly, there's a lot of ways you can support Song versus Song, everybody's favorite podcast, America's podcast, really. Yes. Um, and Living most of them, in America. Most right. of them cost you nothing. Um, you can, you know, follow us on Twitter. That's Song vs. Song Pod. You can go on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can write a review that has five stars and also a bunch of words about how great we are. And uh, also when people say, hey, what podcast should I listen to? You should say, uh, listen to Song vs. Song, America's podcast. That's the thing that you can do. All those things cost you zero dollars. Uh, if you do want to support us in a financial way, uh, and during these very dark financial times, uh, this would be the time to do it if you can. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It costs a dollar a month if you want to get a bonus episode. But obviously, you can give more than that if you're feeling if you're feeling saucy. Uh, I would be very grateful. We would be very grateful. But uh, yeah, only one dollar a month will get you a bonus episode every month. And uh, yeah, you can find that on Patreon, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at some verse song pod, and you can follow Todd at Shadow Todd and me at Danny Ordinary. With you can one, all three of those. Very. That's right, Danny with one and Ordinary also with one and Look forward to the minivan rock episode next time, and uh, we will see you then. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.